the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one we say good morning to toronto city councillor shelly carroll city councillor jamal meyer is also present and amanda galbraith is here principal at navigator communications and strategies host of free for all fridays happy thursday to you all um i realize this is the story we mostly dealt with yesterday, but since we have two city councillors here, I wanted to touch on it one more time with the benefit of 24 hours of debate and argument. Uh, and that would be the memo of agreement with Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment over the World Cup of Soccer. And Shelley Carroll, I'll start with you. Yesterday, Paula Fletcher, city councillor, was with us. She didn't know about yes. this deal memo and felt that she'd kind of been cold cocked by it. Uh, what's your take? Well, exactly. Uh, you know, that's why my, my main comment yesterday was this is very, very concerning. That's that's the kind of comment you get from a politician when there's been no briefing. And it's it's concerning that, that this was inked in early February. Uh, it hits the media in April. And people may not know this, but if something's hitting the media, we know about it the night before, uh, the day before. There's there's phoning around to, you know, the mayor's office and places like that to, to, to ask for comment. Uh, and so people knew this was coming. And and, and yet we weren't briefed and, and let know this was coming. And so it's it's very concerning. And I, I think it speaks to this sort of limbo we're in right now because we we, we, we have Deputy Mayor McKelvey, but, but we really don't have the mayor's office functioning as it usually does. Uh, Jamal Myers, I'm curious about your take on this because, you know, in many circles, people are saying, listen, uh, you know, MLSE is the best organization to run this event. The city hired them. Why should they take a loss? Yeah, I mean, so I can't really comment on this deal. I, I was just elected uh, in November. But like many people and many councillors, I have a lot of concerns with this, uh, particularly just the way it was drafted in terms of making sure that MLSE uh, doesn't receive any penalties for cost overruns. It kind of removes incentives to make sure these projects remain on budget and on time. Um, so I would have to understand the thinking that went into sort of why and how these were negotiated. But like a lot of yeah. Torontoans, it's uh, it's concerning. Okay. And last thoughts, Amanda Galbraith. I mean, it's it's in some ways a very typical P three contract. Yeah, and I think like and like like candidly, if I was either of the counselors on the call today, I'd be saying the same things because the optics of the way it rolled out aren't the best. But I think the bottom line is um, for the private sector to engage in things like this, for them to add, like, like I think 17,000 new seats to a stadium that they don't need, um, like, you need to incent them to do so. Um, that's not unusual. I would also say just from my dealings with the city when I worked there, of all of the organizations we worked with and partnered with, MLSE was by far and above one of the best. Um, they are the most efficient. They ran things very well. They were responsive. Um, so if anyone's going to be in this kind of deal, I would, frankly, I'm, I, I have some confidence that it's MLSE doing it, not to mention the spinoff benefits of the city as a greater whole, right? There's nothing wrong with the city investing in um, something or guaranteeing whatever for the bottom line, knowing the, the kind of economic benefit the World Cup's going to bring to Toronto, restaurants, businesses, activities. So, yeah, I mean, is the fine print, like, the optically great? Should it have been rolled out, I think, in a different fashion to the point of both councillors? For sure. But I think with an explanation, it's probably a lot more reasonable than it looks. Okay, so Anthony Perusa, colleague of two of the people who we're talking with right now, uh, has announced he's running for mayor, filed his paperwork yesterday. We're now at 43. Uh, Jamal Myers, I, I 
I'm somewhat astonished, I guess. I guess because there's $200 and 25 signatures, why not? Everybody can run. I think uh, Shelly and I, or I shouldn't speak for Shelly, but I'm definitely one of the few councillors who's not running for mayor. Um, I mean, listen, there's a lot of pent-up demand uh, for people uh, seeking higher office to be mayor, uh, just based on the fact that we, you know, we had a very popular mayor for the past two or three terms. Um Anthony Perusa is a very, very successful and skilled politician. He's been elected since 2006, uh, and he's won, racked up huge majorities in his community in almost every ward, in every election that he's run in. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we had a few more high-profile candidates jump into the race. Uh, it's an exciting race, but you know it'll really, really be incumbent upon any candidate running to make sure they can get their name out there uh, raise the money, organize, and sort of create that brand that sort of can distinguish them from the 43 or 42 other people running. That's an interesting yeah. thing there. Uh, Amanda, I wanted to go to you next, and then I'll come to you, Shelley. But sure. um, distinguish uh, oneself. And for example, I'm looking at a tweet this morning. I got a DM from uh, Anthony Fury, who's a former Toronto Sun columnist who's running. And one of the th platform planks he put out was coming up with a means of being able to detain people who are in mental crisis. And that's going to ring. And so if, you know, uh, of these 43 candidates, they can ring a lot of gongs and maybe one of them is going to stand out more than a star candidate. Uh, potentially, uh, I would say given the brief timeline, like the name of the game in this thing is really going to be name recognition. Um, so I, I think you're going to see candidates for what money they can into advertising. I think we're already seeing some digital stuff take off. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, with, with great respect, being successful in your ward is very different than being successful citywide, right? Like uh, Councillor Pruitt correctly is very popular in his own ward. He gets reelected easily. Um, but I think if you would ask the broad spectrum of Torontonians who he is, they probably would have no idea, which is also similar for a couple other, um, many other mayoral candidates at best. So um, I think name of the game is going to be name recognition. I think it's going to be who can out fundraise and can sort of get the diasporas and different groups in the city behind them. Um, so I, you know, I would say maybe this is for fun for Councillor Prutza, unless he's got some great big org that I don't know about. Um, but, uh, you know, Godspeed. Um, maybe we'll have some other interesting candidates like a ficus or, you know, a, a local dog. But uh, I think the, the front runners are probably already out. Wait running. a second. We can run dogs for mayor? Well, let's try, John. Why not? Why not? Rory for Someone's mayor. Someone's going to try. Shelly Carroll. <laughs> It's, it's too low a barrier is what it is. So here you have a scenario that's possible because we have too low a barrier. Here's someone running for mayor, and I'm just going to say it. Um, a person uh, that he had to run against a couple of terms ago when we changed the boundaries, Giorgio Mammoliti, went away for 2022 and ran in Sega and lost. He's back running for mayor, raising his profile again. So it's no surprise to me that his opponent, Councillor uh, Anthony Peruzza, has put his name on the ballot as well. Uh, the Duke out continues. And that's what happens when there's way too low a barrier. You know, in New York City, if you want to run for mayor, You've got to have $2,500, not $100, and you have to have 2,500 signatures 
from people who are able to vote. Uh, the councillors themselves have to have a thousand uh, of a thousand signatures from inside the ward you're running in. And so you get people who really are viable being the only ones able to register. People who really are known and can really prove that they've got, you know, a fundraising base to start from. And and they and to, in order to do that during that time, you're probably also developing a real platform. We we have a very low barrier. It's really easy to put your your name down there uh, with a few signatures and a hundred bucks. And so we we really have to examine that not just for this by election, for every general election when we have plus fifty mayoral candidates every time. Okay, so let's jump out of Toronto affairs and move national. The federal conservatives under Pierre Polyev are asking Twitter to label CBC accounts as government-funded media. Amanda Galbraith, I get what they're doing here, but it's it's a faint and dodge. I mean, they're trying to pretend that the government gets up in the morning and calls the CBC and tells them what to say. Yeah, which we know they don't. Um, and I think, but they are government funded. Like that's the yeah. difference. I think that's that's the problem. But it's with like the, when people Twitter. say Barack Hussein Obama. You know what they're up Indeed. to? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. So I think the the problem with me is is candidly is like Twitter. I think Twitter is in this slow descent into like irrelevance, and I think this is just an example of it. Right, this government labeled media stuff, which I know they do for like, like, like Chinese you know, government-funded news stations and whatever, um, the interpretation of that is pretty broad. And I, you, you could argue that the same thing is here. So I think it's a bit cute. Um, it's certainly going to please some hardcore people on the base of the Conservative Party, which, you know, appears after doing that too. Um, and, you know, he's like he's technically correct. They're government-funded, and we should acknowledge that, but so is PBS, and they're lovely as well. So yeah. I don't think this means that the CBC is in on the take, um, but I do think it means Twitter should clarify what they mean by government-funded. Yeah, I mean, Jamal Myers, the CBC can be irksome, and for the record, I worked both in French and English there, but, um, I, you know, this is part of this sort of... Elon Musk seems to be turning out to be like a first-year university student coked up on Ayn Rand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, this whole thing has been a disaster. To, it's like been watching a train wreck in slow motion. Uh, and it's quite sad because I used to be a big Twitter fan. Um, you know, with the conservative strategy for labeling the CBC as government funding, I don't, I don't, I get it, but I don't understand how it actually expands their base and makes uh, Pierre Polyver look more prime ministerial. It kind of looks silly. Uh, and there's, so many other issues that are important than burning up the nation. Why focus on this? Um, it doesn't really seem like this deserves that much attention, but you know, here we are. Uh, and it really sort of like questions, is this guy ready for prime time to lead this country? Well, and that's the problem, Shelley Carroll. I don't know if you saw the letter yesterday that uh, Pierre Polyev published on social media, but it was directed at the former governor general and it was just cheeky and stupid. Yeah. Yeah, and if he's if he's really just going to do dog whistle politics, he's he's going to have a dog whistle base, and 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 I have real faith in Canada as a Canadian. Um, I know as Canadians, we all have had faith for 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 uh, you know almost a century of of the CBC uh, being fair in its in its news reporting, whether. Whether the premier is is Stephen Baker or Stephen Harper or either Trudeau, uh, the CBC reports the news, and so to try and 
and put this 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 uh, claimer on it, social media. It, it's exactly as you say. It's like saying Barack Hussein, capital H, Obama. You're trying to uh, uh, disperse them. He's what he's really doing is trying to sort of uh, uh, sterilize them from being able to have an opinion on himself. And and you know I I think that makes him look just not serious, not a real contender, as Jamal has said. So he's got to decide if you're if you're really going to be a Canadian prime ministerial contender, then don't start messing with with you know dearly held Canadian institutions. Thank you all. Good to have you, Jamal Myers, Shelley Carroll, Amanda Galbraith. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.